Hello, this is Grad School Grad, a podcast about public policy and international relations graduate programs in the United States. For today's episode, I want to talk about what Policy Grad School's digital media reveals and doesn't reveal. <clears throat> I think this is an important episode because as people are getting excited about going to Policy Grad School or those thinking about applying to Policy Grad Schools, the first uh, place to go to is uh, their website. And then maybe after that, their Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn uh, that schools have. And just to see what the school's all about. <laughs> and I think there's something to be said about being a smart consumer of digital media to know, uh, know what exactly you should appreciate and maybe not appreciate about uh, what's put out there by policy school. So I want to highlight that I can currently talk about this because during my time in grad school uh, as a student ambassador, I actually worked with uh, the school's communication team. And also my professional experience, I have interacted with communication professionals across a few uh, graduate programs, including policy schools. I think first off, uh, I should probably provide some context who works in the communications team um, in policy grad schools. It's usually populated by one, two types of people. Um, more common I've seen are those who are uh, uh, a few years at undergrad and they're just working up the ladder of doing administrative uh, job in a university and they they're they might be communications experts by tr by uh, on-the-job experience but it's, yeah it's like i said uh, something they worked up through on-the-job experience and via awareness of the university they uh, are filling that role um sometimes and it's becoming more common uh but it, sometimes i'll see uh, a person who has a long professional communications background, um, going to university role because uh, it's less stressful and better work-life balance, but they do have a background in, uh, shall we say, top-tier uh, communications uh, teams uh, for all the roles out there. I think this is important because, um, in this context, because what it ultimately tells you is that um, the communications team usually is somewhat synced up with what the um, interests are of the staff, the administration, the faculty. And when there are differences of opinion among those three stakeholders, um, the communications team usually goes for what's the prevailing uh, or most powerful uh, stakeholder or tries to make everyone happy to a certain extent. But uh, ultimately, what you get via the communications team is a pretty, generally speaking, a pretty balanced view of what those three stakeholders are interested in. And what's missing is what those three stakeholders are either oblivious to or trying to hide a lot of times. Um, all right. So let's talk about what does the digital media really reveal? So I think the first thing is that it shows what the staff administration faculty are biased about as positive publicity in terms of messaging to community and prospective students. Um, so a lot of this media is really kind of like pushed by the three stakeholders, staff, administration, and faculty. And there, uh, there is a, what I saw is a lot of personal perspectives or personally, uh, or should I say politically charged perspectives. By politically charged, I mean, I don't mean like a political in the national sense, but internal politics, internal management politics of what they think matters uh, that should be the core messaging of the school. So, uh, for you know, so Harvard Kennedy School, for example, has a lot of uh, 
has a lot about uh, tough conversations, interpersonal, interpersonal items. And you know, I think, you know, they're trying to, uh, sh- they're, they're showing that they care about Harvard Kennedy School uh, as, as a place where people from different backgrounds could uh, engage, engage each other. That's one of the things they want to put down is what makes it unique. Um, University of Chicago Harris, they have a lot of stuff about Ukraine. Um, and, you know, clearly what that tells me is that there's a lot of academics who have special specialties in, uh, or knowledge about Ukraine. And they're trying to, uh, sh- you know, show off to a certain extent. I mean, that you do need to do that in terms of academia to show off your goods. So, so basically it's, uh, showing that, Hey, if you go to school, um, the, f- the flavor roughly being posted on social media, uh, and digital media, uh, of, of topics, I, topics of conversation are what this, uh, what the people work there are really much about, really supportive about. And, uh, everything from research topics, um, to student life activities that you'll see that, uh, pe- people's political will, inter- by political will, political will internal to the program. Uh, are moving towards that direction and care about that. Um, the second is that you'll see what the school is likely to invest money in. Um, so every school has a budget, and part of the budget is tied to operations, so to speak. So if you see a policy school talk a lot about so-and-so competition, then clearly they care about investing money in the competition as a means of, uh, obviously as a means of education, but also for publicity as well. Um, if there's a lot of mentioning about certain research programs, then clearly they care about uh, investing that research program or, or research institute as uh, part of school's portfolio. Um, I, I'm amused that uh, Princeton's uh, Public Policy International Relations School uh, cares a lot about alumni relations and the working with alumni. And you see that in their social media, um, which is interesting because if you think about it, Princeton uh, is kind, is a school that's in Princeton. It's not really a major petro- metropolitan area. So in terms of uh, networking and managing relationships, it there's a strong emphasis on connecting with alumni. So it's investing in uh, activities that connect with alumni, which absolutely makes sense. So, yeah. And, and then, you know, as prospective students, just think about are the things they're investing money in things that you're interested in or not? Or, you know, because clearly if there's money for it, there's opportunities to uh, uh, get involved in things sometimes, or at least tangentially get involved. The third thing is what reveals is what type of students a school will champion. Uh, and by champion, I mean give friendly support to and scholarships. Um, so you'll see a lot on the digital media um, and the social media, they will champions uh certain students um and it becomes and if you did just do a little digging over uh who are the students they champion over time you'll see trends sometimes the trends is background so uh some policy schools especially those who are like tier two or so will frequently champion students who uh come from an ivy league background or uh some really prestigious career background just to show the message that like hey we're, we're still good too um, other times, it's just about uh, what's the work they're involved in, just to show what the school is trying to uh, kind of like emphasize its strengths towards. So if you see students who do a certain type of work, 
um, then they're saying, hey, we like students who do a certain type of policy area focus or a certain type of extracurricular activity focus. Um, then the fourth thing is um, kind of related to number three, but uh, y- you'll, uh, you'll see digital media from policy schools just highlight uh, how successful their, their chosen star students are. This is interesting because uh, sometimes it's done really well, sometimes not done well. And what I mean by that is sometimes uh, schools are legitimately championing really incredible, awesome, uh, just readily publicly acknowledgeable successes of their star students. Um, if they're, if schools are doing that right, and it's pretty obvious to tell, then you're sh- then showing that, hey, the school does produce big hitters. But uh, sometimes it's also revealing because they ch- highlight star students who are doing things that, not to take anything away from anyone, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, are essentially standard, sometimes even below average for a tier, tier one school. Um, or, yeah, and, and, and I just think it's interesting. There's, so, for example, uh, for some policy schools who are uh, less competitive, um, I've seen them champion this quote-unquote star student who gets a career that's essentially equivalent to something you get straight from undergrad. Um, that suggests to me that something about the school's management is not the most up-to-date, uh, best-case scenario, worst-case scenario, that they're struggling to get their students into uh, competitive roles um, compared to other policy schools. The fifth is, what is a school self-conscious about? And this is, um, by self-conscious, I mean both the good and bad. So, uh, for example, if you see a policy school that shows, um, shall we say, a disproportionate amount in XYZ community, then what they're trying to highlight is that they're self-conscious that they might not be promoting itself to a certain enough community where that's a untapped, uh, p- untapped potential. So uh, there was one public policy school that ha- essentially had a media campaign uh, going towards veterans. Um, and I think what that su- suggests to me is that uh, they fe- felt that they clearly didn't have enough veterans. Um, but also, uh, you know, veterans a lot of times have uh, funding that comes from their service. So they felt that they might, they might need the money, or the money would be at least helpful to target veterans for that way. Um, then there are some policy schools that, um, I see sometimes under social media, they, they for have campaigns. And which is very clearly a diverse diversity focus, which to me is that they're self-conscious about their diversity or, or lack thereof. Um, you know, and then there's something to be said about uh, what the school isn't advertising about. So, uh, so, so for so for example, if uh, a school isn't advertising about its U.S. World and News rankings. Um, that means that, you know what, they're comfortable with what they are, with their brand or their research or their image, that they don't need to be bragging about their U.S. news and world rankings. If a school is bragging about their U.S. news and world rankings, especially when it's not that good, um, like teens or something like that. But I mean, I realize it's still a great accomplishment if the school's in their teens, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, rankings 
as I talked about previously, is very much a beauty contest. And if they're bragging about rankings in the teens, then that means you know, they're very self-conscious about it. And they're, you know, they're a little bit concerned about it. Um, number six is this digital media reveals what initiatives are underway. So between the dean, sometimes student government, sometimes uh, tied to university, there's always large initiatives underway. Sometimes it's related to building and building. Uh, I mean, capital campaigns tied to buildings uh, are something that some policy schools dream of. Um, sometimes it's uh, maybe hitting a certain target in terms of numbers. But usually the big initiatives they'll talk about in their social media and you know, because the dean wants to talk about it and make it a point of emphasis. And then the seventh is how desperate is the school for interest in high-quality students? So if a school is interested, is desperate for high-quality students, that means that um, there might be issue with student quality or being able to track enough student quality for lots of various reasons. Um, now, you usually see this when there, there's, shall we say, marketing that is, or marketing via social media, that's a little, seems a little bit too uh, excessive. So things like really well-produced video clips, um, really, really uh, extensive, fancy um, digital tours of the university that clearly requires a fair amount of production cost. So um, I want to differentiate. There's a difference between spending a lot and just having a good marketing. So when you're spending a lot, that means you're concerned about it and you're investing in it to address the issue. When you're having organized um, ad advertising and mar marketing of the student experience, that just shows organization and doesn't necessarily need to co cost a lot. Uh, there, you know, some of the more successful efforts are rather low budget. It's like uh, student, student ambassador programs that are just really well managed um, what, or it's uh, very well organized uh kind of like Q&A sessions. Um, if it's well-organized, low budget, usually that's a good sign because that shows, hey, there's a lot of uh, structure around it that makes it work. But if it's just all these flashy stuff, then you know it, it just shows the school is concerned about the quality students it could take. Well, if you look, think about it, you know, pr uh, Princeton's policy and IR school and uh, Harvard Kennedy school, they don't exactly have trouble attracting the best and brightest students. And that's why their social media isn't, uh, I mean, it talks about their students who are doing great, but it isn't investing on flashy marketing production for it. All right, so what does the digital media not reveal? Um, the first is uh, the full spectrum of things students can get involved in. Um, first of all, just don't have all the space and effort and time and energy to talk about the full spectrum of things students can get involved with. And even on the website, uh, usually they have a pretty good coverage or okay coverage sometimes, all things students can get involved in, but still not exhaustive. Part of it is like a logistics issue. Um, and But the other thing is that like at a certain point, um, the policy school doesn't, it, it might be a little bit too embarrassed to mention everything a student can get involved with. And, and what this comes down to is that policy schools in an interesting way are competing against undergraduate schools within the university. Um, people a lot of times are thinking about a policy grad degree uh, versus a law school degree or MBA degree or sometimes here communications degree or foreign IR degree. The options are endless. So when they're, they're afraid of 
basically admitting that, hey, they're dependent on another program uh, in terms of extracurricular activities and opportunities. So a lot of times the social media, the digital media is focused on what is in uh, the policy school's control and the policy school's uh, nexus. Um, I remember it was really interesting that there were some dual degree students that uh, my policy school was trying to show off. And it was very clear that they either didn't mention that they're a dual degree student or uh, they put the, the MPP uh, over the web first and put the second degree uh, second. All right. Um, the second is intra-university opportunities. So, uh, yes, again, a school doesn't want to reveal that, hey, we might not have it all and there might be stuff cross town um, or that, that, that you, that's available for you. So there are things like you could uh, take a class uh, at, an, at a school somewhere else in the city or somewhere else in a neighboring campus. Um, and then there might be uh, anything from competitive to collaborative opportunities out there. Again, those are all very cool opportunities that can be very meaningful. Uh, sometimes they are um, cross-universe competitive. So I was involved in a pitch competition um, across all universities out east. Um, and, uh, and I'm, you know, the, th the thing is that uh, the, the way my university did interesting, my grad school did interestingly mark that in digital media, but the way it was marked is that it was as if it was uh, something driven by our policy school, um, not something as a greater university-wide activity. Because again, uh, they want to focus on what the school offers and they are usually speaking, and they don't want to um, just show any weakness saying, hey, uh, this is an intra-university thing, not something inherent to the policy program uh, at large. All right. Um, so the third thing that a social digital media might not reveal is a total range of career opportunities. Again, the careers via the students and alumni that are championed are a lot of times based off the biases of the staff, administration, and faculty. Uh, I know lots of successful people that will never be um, star or champion in social media because for lots of various different reasons, um, the stakeholders um, don't care about that type of career. Um, it, that career might be very impa impactful. They might even help someone be famous, but they just view that it's not uh, something they, they want advertised to move the school forward. Sometimes very reason, um, reasonable. It's, uh, someone might be in a career that very few people can replicate, or the school doesn't really uh, help people get those careers. So they don't want advertised fa false hope. Um, but that being said, um, I think it's much more revealing to do a LinkedIn search to see what's the total range of career opportunities and trust the policy school's digital media. Um, so, yeah, so I, I know I, m my career will never be um, advertised, marketed by my policy school because uh, in some ways um, it was something that they didn't really contribute to, but also uh, it's something they... It is in a in policy space that they didn't, they didn't really have an expertise in, and they probably uh, would be concerned about advertising because um, it's not the most popular. <clears throat> All right. Um, also, number five, uh, I'm sorry, number four, 
Um, digital media will not reveal how much real diversity is within a school. So by diversity, I mean both in terms of makeup and in terms of inclusion. Um, that's just something you're, go- you're better off getting from alumni because, again, digital media is what the school wants to reveal. And however it really works on the inside, that could vary greatly. Usually, uh, at bare minimum, it has some level of variation. And then lastly, I want to talk about number five, alumni uh, perceptions. Um, again, a lot of times uh, the, the digital media is what the school wants people to focus on. Um, and alumni perceptions, I would say most alumni perce- perceptions of their grad schools is usually a mixed bag. Um, it's very, very few occasions where we see people on extremes of a absolutely 100% booster or an absolute hater of their policy school. I think most people, including myself, are probably somewhere in the middle where they realize the pros, but also very honestly speak to the cons. Um, that being said, um, because of that, uh, the university will only uh, try to, or I'm sorry, the policy grad program will only try to put on digital media. Those are 100% alumni uh, like bo- uh, boosters. So it, doesn't, it gives you a very skewed alumni per- perception. You're better off talking to real alumni to give you like the full honest truth. So what I want to wrap up with is that um, at the end of the day, every school is a little bit different with how they approach your digital media strategy. So, but that being said, uh, digital media is all about a school showing what it wants you to show. And something there's a lot to assess out of that to gain out of that and just by reading tea leaves of what they're showing and what they're not showing but you won't really be able to see the shall we say the less savory aspects that they're hiding underneath the bed or in the closet uh figuratively speaking that's when you need to go to linkedin talk to real alumni talk to students um to get the, the honest to god truth but uh, that being said, if you understand how to think, read digital media, you can at least see hints of how to ask the right questions, how to think about, um, how to think about what you need, what you need to take on your own to find out more information that's right for you. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it and have a good day.